and welcome to the Mindset Growth Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show, I'm going to be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity, and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset coach, helping to inspire, support, and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. Are you ready to bring mindset to life and create success from the inside out? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Mindset Growth Academy podcast. This week's show is a show with a twist because it's me being interviewed by the lovely Emma who works as part of my team. She's interviewing me with some of the questions that some of the listeners have asked and also some of the questions she's been dying to ask me um, ever since we've been working together. So feeling a little anxious, um, but looking forward to um, being interviewed and seeing what comes out. So hi Emma, how are you? Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I think uh, a, a lot of the listeners are going to be really pleased that the uh, tables are going to be turned now, Emma, oh, and we get to find out a bit more about you and the lady behind Mindset Growth Academy. <laughs> oh gosh. So um, when we sort of look back and, and from knowing what I know about you and you know from the uh, wonderful information that's out there about you, we used to work in corporate didn't you? I did, I did. My career started in corporate. And then that changed as it as mm. for many people sometimes it's a forced change. Yeah. But you didn't stay in the corporate safety net and this really intrigues me as someone from a corporate background mm to understand what is it that made you go, actually, I'm going to create my own path now? Um, a number of things, really. Like, if I was honest with myself, I hadn't been happy in my role for a few years. Mm. Been in medical sales. So I was in medical sales for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, started off in pharmaceuticals and then moved into medical um, orthopedics. Uh, and there were aspects of the role that I absolutely loved but I wasn't happy and um, if I was honest I kind of worn thin of like that role and some of the corporate politics that go with it. Having said that I had just um, been promoted into my dream role Mm -hmm. Um, so I had stepped away from the sales side of things and moved into the training which I love Um, but I got uh, made redundant and so for me, that was the perfect opportunity to take a step back and review things. Mm. I've always wanted to run my own business. I've never been very good at being told what to do or with authority at school. Not like not in a bad way. Yeah. I wasn't like a, a rebel, but I just, I suppose I've not been a conformist. Um, and I've always had this big dream of being this power woman in business, yeah. I suppose. Um, but I never knew what that would look like or whether I would ever take that leap because I was in like a really high paid role and there were a a lot of benefits that came with the role and like with so many other people it's that security and so you often push down your desires um for the sake of having that monthly income coming in um and I suppose I was guilty of that for for a few years so this was the perfect opportunity I felt like I had nothing to lose really um because worst case I could come back into an industry that I I knew um and that I was successful in but actually if I didn't do it now I was never going to do it 
So I suppose that's where I took that leap of faith. Brilliant. And you must be so pleased that you did. Yeah. I mean, it was scary because I'd literally just got married and we were about to start trying for children. And um, I had no clue what my business was going to look like. Yeah. Um, but I just knew I needed to do it. Do you remember what your first version of the business looked like when you first started out? What was the initial scope? Um, I guess for me, I knew more what I didn't want to do yeah. than what I did. And then um, we actually went on honeymoon. So I found out I was being made redundant in the November, I think just the day after my birthday. <laughs> Lovely <laughs> birthday. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I was given three months um, consultation or yeah. whatever it is. So I knew I had up until March and we went on honeymoon that December. And so I took the time. I didn't put pressure on myself. I took the time to really think about what it is that I love and who I am as a person mm-hmm. um, and spoke things through with Jono and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just tried to, I started by looking at the things that I didn't want. And when that became clear, it was easier to then figure out what I did want. Um, I've always been someone who, um, I suppose not obsessed, but intrigued by people. I love people. I love their stories. Um, I love finding out about people. And I've always had this ability to find out more about people than other people, if that makes sense. I'm quite nosy, but it is through genuine interest rather than me being nosy. Um, And obviously with my background, with everything that I'd been through, I knew I wanted to do something in the line of helping people go from feeling vulnerable to feeling confident similar I suppose to what I was doing in the sales training um, when you're new in the in the business to mm-hmm. to enter quite vulnerable and and then by the end of the training feel confident um, so there were aspects of that that were sort of floating around and someone suggested life coaching um, and I was like well that sounds quite fluffy I'm not sure because it was quite new back then no one really kind of certainly in the UK embraced life coaching um and I remember I was feeling quite flat because I should have been at conference with my company and I knew all my friends were there and I wasn't allowed to go and yet in that week someone mentioned this and I spent literally that whole week just researching it and I was like oh my god this is exactly what I want to do it fits in with my my values it fits in with my just like passion to help other people it allows me to um to explore ways in which I can help people outside of the business sector as well as in life to to grow in confidence and so um I just kind of fell in love with the idea so my initial business goal was to to be um to be a life coach um, and a sports performance coach, actually. That's how what was it that drew you to the sports performance side of things? Oh, because I love sports. Yeah. Mindset. Um, I've been fortunate to have quite a lot of success in, in my sporting background. So I was a national athlete and then played um, county hockey in West of England netball. So I've always mm. been involved in sport. My dad was a PE teacher, very sporty. My sister was... Um, uh, an athlete the same level as myself yeah um but sports mindset just intrigues me like they there is a, an element of ruthlessness I suppose but it's more their vision and um the ability to use the mental and physical aspects and bring them together I just found mm. it incredible 
Um, and I, I could talk to hours to sports people. So I just think that they're very interesting people. It is. I'm, when I've looked at it before, when you see that when they do their, their sort of visioning, mm. say like the goal, yeah, they yeah. never envision it missing. No. It's always success-based. Yeah. And that, that is something that everyone can apply to yeah. sort of any walk of life, isn't it? 100%. And yet so many people don't. And mm. at that time, um, mindset work and coaching work in sport was probably the only really acceptable place like mm. you would never when I was doing my athletics and even at school like my dad was a PE teacher if you were doing sport you wouldn't do sport without a coach like no. there's no way you could get better without a coach and every time I got better in athletics I moved up to a different coaching group yeah and so my like I suppose upbringing um has always been if you want to excel in something you have a coach yeah um, and I suppose sport was the big, the easiest example of that. Mm -hmm. And then obviously now, thankfully, it's becoming a lot more um, accepted within business and, and hopefully more with life. But again, I think there's still quite a long way to go with that, where it's not seen as a weakness. It's seen as a way of, of becoming a high performer Absolutely. and getting the most out of you, your life and your and your success. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to go with the sports side and the, and the life side, I guess, because they were my comfort zones. And so it's like, let's see what I can do with that. Yeah, that's where your passion lies. Yeah. So you made the, the jump, you finished with your corporate, you started by yourself. Mm. What did that first year look like? <laughs> it was weird, actually, because um, when I went through my training for my my qualifications for NLP, hypnotherapy, life and business coaching, CBT and EFT. <laughs> oh, blah, blah. Um, sounds like the alphabet. Um, when I went through all of that, it exposed me because what you forget is when you're in corporate, you are protected, mm. right? So for me, when I was within J&J, um, &J, I was known in the company by a worldwide ID. So like whenever mm. you had to enter your details it wasn't my name it was the id yeah um and then suddenly when i was on my own i was my business and i realized quite quickly that i still had my own stuff to deal with yeah um and so i felt very exposed and quite vulnerable to be fair um but being in a position where i was going through my training that for me was the perfect um time and the perfect opportunity for me to actually use myself as a guinea pig yeah. and push myself through that so it did expose a lot of stuff it did challenge me but it brought me to a level that I wouldn't have reached had I stayed in corporate mm -hmm. and for that I can only be truly thankful because it was really on the deep-rooted stuff that I needed to to work on um, but my actual first year in business was probably it was very naive but I didn't have any limitations that I then had in the second or third year, actually. I kind of believed in myself because mm -hmm. I'd come from a role where I was earning a, a lot of money and I'd had a lot of success. So I had no doubt when I was charging the money that I was charging. Yeah. Um, I was also um, had the opportunity to, to do some consulting, business consulting um as well so I was working the two yeah and financially I was far better off actually doing that than I was in my old job working only three days a week so yeah. that first year was amazing it was really really good 
um, because I was naively, um, I naively believed in myself without having any mind monkeys coming in because I knew I was good at sales. I knew that I was good at coaching and I wasn't in that, in that first year caught up in some of the politics that go on within the entrepreneurial industry. I suppose the, the, the comparisons and that sort of stuff. Yeah more of the ego side you were quite protected because yeah. you were still in your comfort zone very yeah. much yeah i think because i just felt so free from being out of the clutches of corporate yeah and having this freedom of choice with well i'm doing and and actually so the my first lot of clients to this day are still my ideal clients uh, and i've had to go full circle almost so i had it there but over the second year I mm. let other people influence me yeah. um which on reflection oh, well I wouldn't change anything because I don't I don't regret anything in life but on reflection yeah. um I I became the conform the conformist that I never thought I would be but like I've never conformed and that's always sometimes it's gone against me like school but Mm. it's something that I've always been quite proud of and yet I found myself conforming to what should be the normal behavior or the normal offering yeah yeah Yeah. um so that was quite interesting but that first year I just felt invincible that's amazing (laughs) which I haven't really thought about until I'm speaking to you about it but yeah (laughs) no I I did yeah why do you think it was that you um have that phase where you let other people influence you because you're a really really strong-minded person Mm. working on your own can be exhausting Mm. and also I think I agree with you it's very exposing yes yeah Um, yeah what was it that made you either realize that you were being influenced or identify that it wasn't your core um I had an opportunity to work with somebody else um not in partnership but to rent a room um, at her salon, her shop, I don't mm-hmm. I never know how to call it, like a clinic. Um, but it was in an area slightly further away from, from where I lived. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing she said to me was, um, you'll have to reduce your rates straight oh, away. Okay. If you want to, to work here, um, the clientele that come in here won't pay your rates. And so almost straight away, I was told I'm charging too much. Uh, and yet, and again, this is naivety. I was like, well, um, I kind of resisted. Yeah. Um, and actually everyone that then negotiated on rates or whatever, who pushed for that, became more hard work than the ones that were paying me the fees that yeah. I had set and that they were happy to pay with. In fact, every, every client in my first year always gave me financial bonuses at the end of it as well. Like, so they saw the value. Yes, yes. Um, and I suppose my money mindset was a lot more open in that first year because I was so used to having a salary and earning bonuses yeah. that I, I suppose attracting that. Um, mm. But the minute someone then says, oh, you've got to reduce your rates, something in me was then like, undervaluing myself yeah and I'm like but actually the service that I'm going to offer these people is no different to my high high um, paid um, clients um but I did it because um I wanted to build um I suppose a more local business and bring in um, more clients for more experience 
And at this point, I was really kind of focusing on the stress management side of it. Yeah. So it was going slightly down a different route. Um, and this person had been in the business for a lot longer. And so mm. she had the experience and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and I kind of went with it. And I suppose, um, like, Jono's point of view was, you know, getting more clients is better than, mm. like, you want more people. But ultimately, in that year, I worked with more people and earned the same as when I had less but more exclusive clients. Um, but in that time, my mindset started to change because I was like, oh, like... I've had an amazing year and now I've had another insight into it. There's maybe that feast or famine, or maybe you need to reduce your value. And so that was quite hard to. That is really hard. Yeah. When you're in a role where you're essentially giving everybody everything yeah. and you work with the client. Yeah. I know how much you give people. Yeah. So to say that, yes, I still want that, but 20% less. Yeah. yeah. It's 50% less. Wow. Yeah. Is a, uh, that must've been quite a knock. Yeah, it was. And I didn't realise it until probably a couple of years ago, actually. When I was mm -hmm. in it, I was like, oh, you know, this is great. It's a great opportunity. Um, I did still have the ones that, that I saw as my private clients that yeah. I was seeing at home. Um, and I met some amazing people and I gained a lot of experience. And again, I don't regret anything because every single client teaches me something as much as I support them. Yeah. Um, and we are a work in progress and I was new to business so I didn't know everything but yet on reflection and obviously I do a lot of reflecting mm -hmm. um it did have a huge impact on my confidence massively and my money mindset without a doubt and so that kind of set a different standard I suppose um in in my outlook yeah. for my business and it wasn't till, so this was all when I was then pregnant with Max. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, you know, and it was going really well. And I had loads of clients. And, and in that respect, I was really enjoying it. But of course, then when I felt, when I had Max, and you're self-employed, yeah. and you've only got a face-to-face -face, uh, business, mm -hmm. um, my business effectively stopped. Yeah. Um, Certainly for five months because I didn't see anyone because Max was so precious and a miracle that I wasn't, he was, it was non-negotiable. I was like off yeah. and financially we could afford it. Um, and then I started rebuilding and bringing a few clients back, but it, the momentum had gone and my outlook on my business had changed massively because I knew that I wasn't going to be working five days a week like I have been. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to. Um, and that was a choice that I made because um, spending time with Max was my priority and so I knew I had two days to work my business where mum and dad had Max um, and so something needed to change and that's where the online stuff came in that's so that was good. my choice with that and just um, I mean when children come along they are they change everything, everything. Max is your gorgeous miracle mm. what changed for you that you didn't expect to change when you met him I've always, I've always been a grafter. I've always been financially independent. Um, I've always been very confident. Um, and I've always worked like to earn my money yeah. and to, to live like an, a nice life. Mm. Like uh, I still live a very nice life, but, um, but some of that independence went um, and that knocked my confidence massively. So 
for the first time ever, ever, I was reliant on Jono rather than on me, when, especially yeah. when I was off because I had statutory maternity. Yeah. Which is, and I had no passive income coming in to help with that, mm. um, which is obviously different to where I am right now. But back then I didn't. And so it knocked my confidence because I, I lost a part of who I was. So from the mummy side, oh my God, it was just everything and more. But yeah. from my side with my business, I, I lost a huge part of like me because like yeah. I've always had my own money and suddenly I mm. didn't have my own money and I'm not very good at asking for money because I don't want to be a burden or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was tricky. So I was quite like keen to start bringing my own money in but I mean that that sounds big but actually it was quite a small part because how I can't remember what your question was but how um, <laughs> was that how I changed yeah so yeah, how, yeah how did having Max and meeting Max oh, change your just it, I tell you I didn't realize how maternal I was until I met him I always yes. wanted children but yeah. I've never been massively great with other children Mm. um and for a long while had big issues with um like having a family with with my past but that boy has just opened me up and completed me in more ways like Jono Jono I think saved me and and completed my a, a massive part yeah. of me um but Max has just brought more to my life than I could ever have imagined. He makes me be the best version I can be every single day. Yeah. And I am at my best when I'm around him. And I think when you've had a longer journey together with your baby, yeah. you do go to self-preservation mode, don't you? Well, yeah, but, but weirdly, this is where I surprised myself. And I suppose this is where my mindset bit came into a, a different angle. Yeah. Because I've always been very mentally strong to overcome my past and I've always been mentally strong in my sport um but actually when I had Max um I just remember um a few people before we had him saying oh you never be able to go on holiday again or you're not going to be able to have dates again or you're not be able to do this again and like mm. trying to make it all negative yeah and I remember we got home on the Monday so Max was two days old and I realized oh, I didn't have a nurse, a nursing bra that fitted yeah. me. And so I said to Jono, oh, I need to go and get some nursing bras from mother, mother care. It was only up the road. So we walked, right? I just had a 24 hour labor. <laughs> it's up a hill. Yeah. Um, I'd only been home less than 12 hours and I'd obviously not had that much sleep because he was yeah. feeding. Um, but I was like, oh, you know, it's nice weather. Have some fresh air because I've been in hospital with him. And so we just walked up to mother care thinking nothing of it. And then I had a bit of a funny turn because obviously the reality is I just had a baby. <laughs> but my mindset wasn't, oh, I've had a baby, so I can't do it. It was, well, I can do it. I'm going to do it. And yeah. I just think that's, and, and we did go on date nights and, and we did go on holiday. And I just think if people, when people sometimes tell other people they can't do it, it's unfair because it's, it's influencing them in more ways than they realize but because I was like so headstrong and and mentally focused I not you know I'm determined that my life's not going to change because that isn't yeah. the case but it was like just because I've had a baby doesn't mean that I can't still do stuff exactly um and albeit going for a, a walk up a hill 
two days after giving birth was <laughs> stupid. I just quite like the fact that I didn't even bat an eyelid at that. It's like, yeah, I can do it. Like yeah. I'm still me. And, yes. and even though I just said that there was a part of me that I lost a little bit, that wasn't ever around Max. That was mm. my own personal. Yeah. I just, my confidence got knocked a little bit. But no, I've always felt that, that you can just do stuff. If you ever th think things, you won't do it. Exactly. But I needed a bra, so yeah. I had to go and get one. <laughs> and, I didn't want to go. and I had stitches, and so actually feeling, um, walking was more comfortable than sitting on my backside in the car. <laughs> the yeah, so I was like, right, I'm just going to go for a walk. Um, so that's what I did. And so he has taught me that I've always... I suppose I've always been quite strong, but I've never given myself the credit for it. But he has brought outside of me that I'm probably the most proud of. Mm. And I feel quite emotional when I say that. But I am probably the most proud of because we're, we're just a little unit and nothing that he, he does is too much, ever too much. Yeah. Um, that's not to say he gets away with everything and he's a sport brat. But like when he was crying or when I was up feeding... I just reframed it like I'd waited three and a half years for this moment. Yeah. So, and it's part and parcel of motherhood yeah. and having a newborn. So just embrace it rather than moan about it. So I've never, ever moaned. I never moaned about Max in front of him for a start, but like I never moaned about lack of sleep or anything. And actually he was um, a really good sleeper. And I think a lot of that was to do with the fact that we didn't bring in negativity around yeah. him. I, I mean, I don't know. I was a new mum, but for, and whenever we went for walks, even though like he was a few weeks old and had no clue what I was talking about, I'd walk along and I'd tell him that he could achieve anything he put his mind to yeah. and that he's amazing and yeah. that the world is his oyster. Because I know, certainly from my professional experience, those first seven years are really influential. Yeah. Um, so at three weeks, obviously, I was telling him to all the world. <laughs> That's where it yeah. to, exactly. But I was just like, oh my God, like you literally can, can do anything. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of rolled with it and didn't resist it because there's no yeah. point you can't change it. No, definitely. I mean, we've spoken before about the reframing of yeah. when you're a new mum. It's not, you know, it's not always going to be Mary Poppins. No. You do have days where you have to kind of reframe. And yeah. Some days you reframe once or twice. Oh, gosh, Other yeah. days I feel like I constantly reframe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's essential I think for, for getting through and it's you know you like you say you waited a long time for those mm. sleepless nights mm. and you embrace it yeah totally I think the difference is saying I get to enjoy these night times with you rather than yeah. I have to get up with you, you night. yeah because I remember putting him to bed one night and I thought oh, I'm really gonna miss you yeah and it's like <laughs> really because he'll be awake in a few hours for a feed but it was like yeah I'm really gonna miss you I yeah. just soaked it all up um and and it is hard and don't get, and I'm talking like as if there was never hard times there were hard yeah, times yeah. um of course there were and there were days and there's still days where I think oh I've not done that right or whatever mm. but I 100% do not go through a day and haven't since he was born where I don't pinch myself for, for him choosing me to be his mummy like he's totally I'm just in gratitude for the privilege because they are they are miracles and we're still trying to get our, our miracle sibling for mm. him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just in gratitude. And I think that piece as well really helps. Um, 
when you just kind of and trusting your instincts that's the other thing that he's really taught me is to trust my instincts and i need it still need to transfer that more into business and into other yeah. aspects but i one million percent trust my instincts with him i think that's because though with everything in life there's a manual isn't there yeah and then there is a baby like the mm. most complicated thing ever yeah there's no manual so yeah. as a mum you have to mm. yet when it goes back to business mind is that when you think right now i need a manual or step by step or i need guidance yeah, I, don't or... Know. I just think there's a tendency to overcomplicate mm. with everything um and to bring in all these different scenarios but when i suppose when you're dealing with a child you don't have the time to think no. of all the different scenarios you just have to act on instinct yeah um and uh, and trust in yourself like i i believe in me him and jono working as a family that we just figure it out yeah and and yet in business we all just overcomplicate it and because i suppose mm -hmm. there's manuals or so much information online and all that we have access to all this other stuff yeah um and actually that just confuses the hell out of you mm -hmm. and and so now i really try to tap in to my intuition with my business decisions in the same way that i suppose i do with max and that's something that i only really figured out even just a couple of months ago when i worked out i was doing a bit of reflection mm -hmm. on who i am at my best and who i was actually at that time and when i i feel i'm at my best is when i'm around max because i'm totally me yeah um, there is no boundaries there's no like uh, oh, judgment that. or mm. guard up 100 mm. because i still have my guard up with a lot of people but i don't with him i fully am exposed to him mm. i suppose is the best way um and so i realize that how i am with him is how i need to be in my business mm. But I was seeing them as two separate things, but ultimately it's still me. Yeah. Um, and that I know when I when I know things and I and I don't say it often, but when I truly know, yeah, I'm never wrong mm. in my gut feel. Um, but I've been so surrounded by chaos and noise and comparisons in the online world and within business that I had taken myself out of that intuition game i suppose yeah. and wasn't giving myself the space to just trust and to tap into that part um so now that is a conscious thing that i do all the time that's literally daily daily that's, yeah. that's a good idea and it's not like hours no it'll just be like you know just just give me some support show me what i need to do yeah. or have at least five minutes where if something's niggling me i will ask out loud why why is this niggling me what is the, the thing that i need to learn from this and i just sit there for five minutes mm. and just see what comes through and sometimes it takes longer than that um and it's quite subtle but other times it's like oh it's that and then the minute you acknowledge it it kind of goes away anyway yeah so it just makes me feel calmer but i'd forgotten that and i was only doing it with him i wasn't doing it in any other part of my life so just by reminding myself who i am at my best and who's that, who's that with mm -hmm. has reminded me to carry that into other areas so i don't know if i'm waffling no i'm so used to asking the questions and answering them i'm like Whoa. and i'm actually not that good at talking about myself believe it or not i don't normally like it
thought we're doing really well. Um, how do you juggle? Because you had those gorgeous five months with Max. Yeah. And then you started to go back to your business. And it's not like you just go back and you, you know, take over whoever's been mm. doing your maternity cover yeah. like you would in a normal job and you just pick things up as they were. What, what did you go back to in terms of what did your business look like after those five months? And how did you build that? Yeah, up? so my business didn't really look like a business. It looked like a <laughs> hobby, to be fair, because I was just working sporadically, I suppose, um, mm. and seeing some clients as and when I could. I needed to, to rebuild it. Mm. Um, and actually, I'd looked for the online, on the online um, world bef when I was pregnant, but because I was so busy with the face-to-face -face stuff, yeah. um, it, I just didn't have time. And that was the thing. Time is precious and time. I mean, we all have 24 hours in the day, but it was limited because I only had two days a week. And so my vision for my business was to leverage my time. Mm. And in order to do that, it was to create an opportunity to expand my audience uh, demographic, mm -hmm. but also to not one one hour with one person or one hour with many people. Yeah. Um, and I love presenting and I love being in that group environment. So I wanted to give myself the opportunity to work with one-to-ones, but also take it where I could yeah. expand it and yeah. work with many people in that same time and make more use of my time, I suppose. So that's when I... Um, took on my first coach, online coach, mm -hmm. um, re redid my website because that was totally out of alignment with who I was. Um, and I'm not the most technical of people at all, but I put that to one side to get mm -hmm. the online stuff up and running. Actually, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because yeah. we like to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so I just took my knowledge and my skill set and moved it into the online world with this naivety you know like a bit like in my first year that you know I'd be able to start to build it up and and mm -hmm. all of that which obviously I did um but again I think I just went round because I was evolving and, and getting to know who I was mm -hmm. as a mummy yeah but also as now a mum in business yeah which I'd never been before I've never done that and there have been days where all I've wanted to do is just be with Max and I felt guilty for not being with him. Yeah. And so it's, you're dealt a whole different host of cards of emotions to deal with while juggling like a baby and a business. Yeah. And so I had to kind of get to know myself again. Um, but I suppose, but I had changed in a lot of ways that it, that required quite a lot of work for me. I suppose, to get to know myself again. In what way? Well, I think, I think when you, because you always put your, ch your children first, oh, yeah. don't you? Yeah, um, And I've always put everybody first before me um, because I haven't necessarily felt worthy of putting myself first, I suppose. Mm. But, and so, and also I wasn't, always the best organized person so I was quite oh I need to do this I need to do this I need to do this so I needed to learn new skills to be more focused and more organized in that time mm -hmm. I also needed to learn to turn it on 
in those two days yeah. even if perhaps I was tired or didn't feel like doing it because it was literally those two days were not at all yeah um and I needed to be present in my business but then present with Max when I wasn't in my business and mm -hmm. tried to split the two and I needed to understand who I was because still at that point I was rebuilding and so I was reliant on my clients and Jono and so there was some freedom aspects that I struggled with yeah because I'd lost them and and there were times when I felt trapped not in not in anything that I trapped it because I was making myself trapped yeah because I was isolating myself so I would 100% be with Max when I was with him and then I'd 100% be in my business and then I have no time for me or to speak to my friends or to do anything like yeah. that and all of a sudden you become isolated and so I I did cock up a little bit yeah. in the first few months because I was just like I don't know how to manage this I don't know what I'm going to be doing I've got all these amazing ideas and I know um that I'm capable of doing them but I really struggled to fulfill them in those two days properly because I was so scattered but it, that's, a, that's a short window of time mm. with the scope that your ambition has and I mm. know your scope that you, your ambition works to yeah to then kind of show it daylight twice a week for a day at a time is yeah. so hard. Yeah. And do you think you give yourself a hard time over that? Oh my God, I'm my own worst enemy. I'm literally, I drive myself insane actually because I have such high expectations of myself. And I, and I have learnt to loosen that and to be my best friend rather than my inner bully. Um, I just don't like letting people down. Um, that's my, a big driver for me. And so I like, and also I'm so passionate about helping other people mm. that I just want to do so much. So actually I needed to realize that I'm not invincible. Um, yeah. And actually one of those people that needs that the most is myself. Completely agree. Yeah. With um, which for the last two years I've really embraced, but for the first year, I didn't know how to do that. I literally did not know how yeah. to be nice to myself to the level that I needed to be. Yeah. Um, I suppose because I was still, well, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know why. I, I guess because I was so used to punishing myself or pushing myself because ultimately I needed to prove, I've always felt I needed to prove myself more because of my past and, and as a survivor, you're constantly doing and yeah. running. Because um, if you dare take your foot off the gas, then God only knows what might happen. It's right. that mentality where you're like, I can't, I've just got to keep running yeah. and doing things. Um, and I don't need to focus on myself because if I focus on myself too much, then I don't know what might come out. So I'll just keep going. Mm. Uh, and I was so used to that. So even when I was better at it, new levels new devils isn't it yeah. and a new level for me was a new level of being a, a mum and a business woman and so that triggered me on some levels I suppose and you always have to understand you at that whatever level you are and spend that time processing it and understanding it and getting comfortable with it before you move yeah. to the next level and I suppose for me it took longer because I had the shorter time yeah. to do it um 
added into the hormones and the emotions of, and all of that sort of stuff yeah. and con- everything's new um it was it was um a tough first 12 months i would say with business with me just find tough as in finding my flow yeah um not tough as in it was hard work and i hated it i didn't but i was just playing around with lots of ideas so yeah. i learned a lot mm. i made lots of mistakes um which which like i admire because we don't know everything and you no. have to make mistakes in order to learn yeah um and so now like obviously i look back at them and and i relish those mistakes because it brought you to where you are yeah and gave me the kick up the backside but yeah that first 12 months were was hard but it's playing around just playing around with finding yeah where i where I sat within the online world, um, what I looked like, what I actually wanted and what my yeah. limitations were, as in um, not limiting beliefs, but how many people I could actually realistically work with within that limit, limited time mm. where I wasn't putting the pressure on myself so I could deliver to the standard that I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it, it, it was um, exploring. I think really interesting that you say that because mm. when you think like the first year of being a mum generally mm. people ask you are they rolling over yet and mm. are they eating yet are they crawling yet and do they sleep yet and it's all of these kind of i've done this i've done this or this yeah. checklist that you get through and then if they talked about your business it's have you taken on a new client yeah. have you got a program up and running yet are you achieving this yet so it must have been less and less time that people were saying how, how are you then? yeah how actually are you yeah what do you actually think about yeah. this and how yeah. are you enjoying this and oh yeah i mean people will be like oh is max not with you oh and you'll oh. be like well i am i'm here <laughs> just left him at home on his own if you're right yeah <laughs> it was like hi i'm still me yeah, i'm still here yeah i can still add value 100 percent. yeah um and that sounds like sounds normal now but at that time and because I, I'm actually not very good at, and I'm not very forthcoming at sharing my feelings and talking, like so this is really rare. But um, but because I'm not very good at that, I just kind of like let it go, and I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't go. Oh, I'm all right, by the way. Or what about asking about me? Yeah. But I'd come away thinking you've not asked about me, and I'm still here. Yeah. Um, you almost do feel a little bit invisible massively um and you lose some of your identity you feel like saying to people don't you it was just pretty much the baby and the expected stuff that i did mm. and not actually my brain or personality yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's all still there that's still, yeah yeah i suppose i have been very lucky though in the fact that my family live nearby mm. and because he is um their first grandchild and my sister um was a first time auntie and obviously because we had taken so long he was so special so yeah. everyone would there there was a lot of opportunities for me to have me time that's really um, good well i say a lot in in the fact you've got a newborn who's breastfeeding yes. but you still have the, yeah. even just grabbing an hour just going for a bath just yeah. going for a bath exactly um so having that support network around was was really good um but yeah i think with that you know that invisible aspect it's something that we all experience but it's then do you then transfer that into other areas of your life and maybe i on reflection i was feeling slightly invisible in my business too mm. um and because no one was necessarily asking who 
who I was or how I was, that impacted me a little bit more than I perhaps thought at the time. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's where if you're in a, you know, air quote normal job mm. and not working for yourself and inside, mm. you would have had people that would have been throughout the day, oh, how are you? And mm. drink a cup of tea. And mm. whereas you're going straight from being a mum, which can mm. be incredibly lonely, mm. to then working for yourself, which can be incredibly lonely. Mm. And yeah. That's why support networks are huge. Massive. Uh, yeah. So then what changed after a year? Um Max is growing, the business mm. is growing. Mm. Both of these things only happen as exceptionally well as they do because of the hard work you put in. Mm. Where do you find that motivator for, to, to put yourself into all those different roles that you run? Um, my drive, mm. I suppose, to, my mission to, to help, um, help people understand. I suppose my biggest mission is to reduce stigmas that, that are attached to life-defining events where mm. people feel held back and feel that they can't talk or there's judgment attached to it that's my ultimate but I guess Max is my is my biggest motivation my doubters are my biggest motivation yeah um my drive to to gain my independence and my success and to fulfill my dream is also Mm -hmm. my motivation um and all three for different reasons, I suppose. I don't like letting people down, so I want my family to be proud. Mm. But I, but I think that they're already proud anyway, yeah. and, and so it's managing that part. I think for me, I feel I have some stuff that I personally want to prove to myself. Yeah. Um, the the doubters have always loved proving people wrong. Um, so I use that as fuel to say F you mm-hmm. basically. Um, on the most part, obviously there yeah. are times where you think, Oh really? Um, and it can affect you, but I generally, gen- generally use that as fuel to go right. Well, I was told I'd never get into pharmaceuticals cause I didn't have a degree and I was the, the youngest person to get a full time contract. Wow. So I'm like, well, actually yeah, I can. Yeah, um, and me. yeah, and that's kind of stayed with me again at school um everyone well not everyone but a lot of the teachers were like because my sister was quite quiet and um well behaved I'm not that I was a a rebel but I've always stood up for myself so if I didn't know understand a question I'd ask it that sort of stuff people teachers would often say to my parents why can't Emma be more like Vicky um and my parents would be like because she's Emma yeah and then at sport um I suppose Vic is always I I perhaps had more natural ability she had the dedication yeah um uh, there were a few people that then said oh I you know your sister did this like when she was your age so I've always gone right well I will too then type of thing um which at the time I loved because it really drove my sporting success Uh, and I suppose I still do that to some level um but yeah, I do like to prove people wrong. I get some smug, mm. um, what's the word, satisfaction out of proving them wrong. Um, but ultimately, I just want Max to see me as a role model and be, be proud and to 
make my time away from him matter and be a purpose make it count yeah completely get that so if i'm choosing to to not be with him it's because i'm doing something that's going to be transformational and helping others um and if i'm just doing it to fanny around and yeah and not do a lot then that's time i could be spending with him yeah um equally there's some days where i do just want to fanny around on facebook or whatever and have some me time yeah um but i choose that time very differently um but yeah i i want to make every second count i suppose so that's my motivation that's an incredible motivation (laughs) and we talked earlier about um investing and you did all your um the learnings and your qualifications and how often do you invest in yourself now all the time how important do you think it is to invest in yourself 100 percent, the most important thing yeah without a doubt um it's scary but i am a work in progress everyone is a work in progress there's always more to be um taught there's always more things for me to learn there's always more things for me to develop on as a coach as a mum and Mm -hmm. as a person um and so i always have i always invest in myself and some capacity to better myself because in order for me to give my clients the the best support i need to be um up on what's working and what's not i yeah. also need to be in the right head headspace and physically in the right space to manage that space yeah. with my clients to make sure that that we're working together um and because i love it I, I love developing i love learning more about myself and and um you can't rest on your laurels like roger federer said when he was number one for about six months saying the same as going backwards like even when he was number one he was constantly thinking of ways to continuously improve and from that goes with everybody there is no set oh well i'm done now like this is me static no Mm -hmm. people can choose while i'm at a level where i want to be and that's absolutely fine and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that but for me there's always stuff that that i need to learn and like i said you know when you get to certain levels you're exposed to new things about yourself Mm. um and so you need to understand that and learn how to manage the fears that might go with that and learn how to manage yourself to to be the best version in that level before Absolutely. you then upscale um so i when you get it the first time you invest oh my god it's it is really scary mm. really scary to like what was if i don't make a difference or i don't get my money back or it doesn't work um but you get out what you put in um and when you invest you become so much more serious that if you can do all the freebies and all of that and you go around in circles and you take snippets and the minute you invest psychologically you're at a different level um so it's a non-negotiable there's that accountability to it doesn't it so if someone was gonna uh, was looking to sort of start focusing on investing in themselves Mm. what would be your kind of top tips for 100% 100% investing in themselves is a morning routine. So that's not uh-huh. a financial investment. That's a time investment. Um, having that time to reset your mind with the intention of having a good day, yeah. of being um, taking ownership of your choices, mm-hmm. um, of being aware of the 
the control of how you respond to certain life environments and yeah. aspects is vital um so for me my morning routine always consists of exercise only for about half an hour 40 minutes yeah um i do some um emotional freedom tapping um i do journaling mm-hmm. um i don't do all of this these are some things that i do it's probably yeah. um my exercise obviously is 40 minutes then my actual mindset stuff i always i talk to myself a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the shower quite often um but I have certain mantras that I want to say that I need to say. Um, my journaling are quite often put on um, some inspiring music and at least once a week spend half an hour journaling about the things that I want mm-hmm. to do. Um, I'll do at least a couple of meditations, eyes shut med- meditations, just to calm my system. Yeah. Um, it's just personalizing it, but always have some personal development that goes on every day and personal self-care and checking in every the, day, every day without, without fail, because you need to be consistent. A mindset is no different from, a, from your physical fitness. Like you wouldn't get up and, and run London Marathon on one mile of training. No. You have to build it up. Yeah. Same with your mind. Like you can't have one positive thought and think that the whole world's brilliant and yeah. everything's going to work. It comes with consistency and focus and commitment. And so I commit and I adjust because there's some days where I don't have the time, but I will always dedicate time and make time. Yeah. And that's the difference. You can make time for anything that's important. It's just a choice. Priority, isn't it? A priority. So investment-wise, it would be that um, from a, a non-investment, mm-hmm. but a time investment, without a doubt. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Top tips to start investing in yourself. Oh, investing in yourself. Um, well, I, it depends what your goal is. Um, I personally would always say invest in a coach. Mm without a doubt, whether it's a PT coach for physical stuff, uh, business coach, mindset coach, invest in someone that is going to make you accountable for being the best version of yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be um, a massive, massive investment. No. But it probably will be a stretched investment, and that's something that you need to manage Yeah. Um, by looking at making your goals bigger than your fears because – we're all scared of investing in money. Yeah. But ultimately the reason we're investing is because we want to better ourselves and we want to um, grow our business or um, get promoted at work or whatever it may be. So that goal has to be bigger than the fear. Love that. Um, so, uh, but, but it's knowing how you work best. So some people work better in a group environment. Mm-hmm. Some people better uh, work better one-to-one. Some people like self-study. Yeah. Um, so it's knowing how you work at your best as to what kind of investment you would need. Mm-hmm. Um, manage, like following certain people and seeing if you trust them, dipping your toe in a little bit just to yeah. get results, that sort of stuff is really important. You've got to trust the people that you work with because if you don't, then you're not going to get the results. Exactly. Um, but that comes with taking accountability. Like no one can do it for you. We are responsible for ourselves. So I am 1 million percent responsible for my business success, my relationship with my husband, my mm-hmm. relationship with Max, um, all aspects of my life. I can have people around me, can have support, everything, but I have to take responsibility. Yeah. 
like you can't take responsibility for me um and so you need to be open-minded and yeah. be committed to to create change thanks so does that answer your it question? Does, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh. Well, right, I'm, this is what I really want to know. What are your goals for this year? My goals for this year? Because we're May now. Mm. Um, fall pregnant <laughs> is my <laughs> biggest goal for this year. Personally, I want to fall pregnant um, and maintain the pregnancy mm-hmm. and have a baby. Yeah. Um, so that's my personal goal. Um, Business-wise, do you mean? Do you mean business-wise? I mean everything. Yeah, I want to know. Everything. Um, so I have, um, I'm wanting to launch a new mastermind um, within my group. I'm going through a bit of a restructure at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, grow my visibility. Um, I think it's really, I'm ready now, I suppose, to yeah. become a lot more visible. Um, like I'm ready to upscale my business to that, that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so with a mastermind, with my online presence, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, to win this award that I've been nominated for. I know, it's really <laughs> incredible. Um, which would be amazing because it's business mummy, which is or mother, which is um awesome. Um to continue to to develop myself. Um I have big ambitions for my contract with Joan Jay. Yeah. To um really develop the the management training piece with mindsets within teams as well as the um the group training and and the course and stuff that i'm doing there because as with anything when you get into like a contract or into a business you then start seeing lots of other ideas that yeah. you can do so i really want to i suppose maintain my presence within jane jane and grow that in in a level that i think would be awesome um in building that mindset awareness that growth mindset Mm -hmm. piece and exploring different um other corporate avenues retreats are something that keep coming up for me Mm -hmm. um but yeah so there's lots of things playing around lots of goals ultimately stay healthy stay in love with my business to serve my clients in the best way i can my goals this year really have were to feel or are to feel nurtured and abundant and how's that going all right, I um, which is showing that I'm putting myself first, which is quite weird. Yeah. Um, so it's going well. Nurture is is something that I haven't necessarily done. I'm not getting any younger, so I have invested in some really nice mm-hmm. products, mm-hmm. um, Bayer products. A little shout out to my friend Beth. <laughs> um, and when I put them on, I feel good and I feel like I'm nurturing myself because of what yeah. happened in the summer. Um, I was really depleted and I was running on empty and all of that sort of stuff. So I, I knew I needed to come into this year looking after myself. If yeah. I was to fall pregnant, I want to be at the peak of where you can, where be. I can yeah. be to maintain the pregnancy. And so I need to nurture myself with my, with my exercise, with my food, mm-hmm. with my products. So that's really important with my um, healing sessions, with my, coach massages all of that but it's just Mm. showing me that I'm looking after myself from an abundant point of view it's just to be more grateful and more present um with everything that's going on like especially when you're trying to fall pregnant it's not happening you can focus on that um but to be in a state of gratitude for for everything that I have obviously I've got an amazing son so you know if that is Mm -hmm. my only baby then 
I've won the lottery, so that that's fine. Um, and to just really be mindful and present on my clients' needs, so I'm delivering the service that is right for them mm-hmm. and is in alignment with them. So one of my goals is to be a lot more spiritually connected to myself to then connect to my clients. I guess. How are you achieving that? Being connected to myself. Yeah, more spiritually connected to yourself. What is it? How is it your by checking in with myself. Yeah. Um, by trusting myself mm-hmm. and giving myself the chance to answer the questions uh, rather than just doing the same thing all the time mm-hmm. or doing something and it not being in alignment. It's like I'm just taking that step back. Yeah. Giving myself space on a regular basis to say, hang on, um, is this in alignment with my goals? Am I moving in the right direction is this something that I really want to do and I'm just having fun with it yeah so like like with the retreats I'll just find myself writing like retreats down the word retreat down or whatever and seeing what comes up for me that day yeah um or certain coaches that I'm looking at working with um I'm really kind of trying to connect from a spiritual Mm -hmm. point of view rather than a needy point of view yeah like a desperation oh my god I need someone so I'll just go with you it's like am I actually connected to you do you get me do I get you yeah it's that type of thing um and just being trusting a lot more trusting try to manipulate so much stuff in Mm. life don't we and control things but when you take that foot off the gas and you trust a lot more obviously you've got to do the work but if you do it in a more trusting manner then things flow a lot easier magic happens Mm. yeah definitely i'm really like in the last six months really noticed that and i'm loving it like just having fun with it with the signs with um just exploring stuff not pushing all the time yeah it's yeah it's amazing I remember when I said to myself, you don't need to push anymore. My whole body just relaxed. I was like, thank God for that. <laughs> like, Isn't it funny when you yeah. sit there for a second and you just focus on relaxing and you realise yeah. how tense you are, yeah. like, even sat down working. 100%. Or anything like that. So, yeah. yeah I, think I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah. So you're and not being scared to explore stuff is the other thing. So I'm just exploring oh, yeah. things. Some some things are working fantastically, other things aren't. But I'm just having fun with it because it's all learning, mm. and it felt right at the time, so I've gone with it. That sort of stuff. So just yeah. not being afraid to make mistakes. That's good because you learn from 100%. anything you do. You learn yeah. from it. Yeah. Emma, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks. How it's lovely, been lovely to talking get a to you. Well, I hope that I've answered everything that you uh, you listeners want to hear. Yeah, but if anything I missed, guys, let me know. Yeah, exactly. And I can always hop on again, watch out Michael Parkinson. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and now I've done it once, I'll be doing it again. So on a serious note, if there is anything that anyone does want to know or want to ask me, as long as it's not rude, then that's fine. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I'd love to do more of these. But it's it's been great. And sometimes it is quite nice because obviously I am often on the other side mm-hmm. interviewing people or doing the coaching part on, on the other weeks. So um, I've survived this interview. And it I've enjoyed wonderful. it, actually. It's been nice. Um, so, yeah, so I hope that you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. And um, as we said, if there are any other questions, then um, let us know and we will arrange another date yeah perfect Perfect. thanks thank you thanks guys bye for now 
That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.